Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us. And thank you for all that you do to keep the ministry going, for your gifts and contributions, for your notes. Uh, please don't stop sending those things. We are grateful to hear the kind words that assure us that what we're doing is helping you somewhere as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a homemaker. These are trying and difficult times. And I've been thinking a lot about this word that I use about myself. And I hear myself saying it, and I think, what does that really mean? And what would it really mean to someone who might hear me say it? And I say, well, I'm Trinitarian. You've heard that word, haven't you? Trinitarian? Well, I say it as a part of my work. People want to know what my beliefs are. And I start by saying I'm Trinitarian, which means I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think if you are all here in an audience from all over the world, the countries that we hear from, I would say, would you raise your hand if you're a Trinitarian? And I think you would all raise your hands. You would say, I also am Trinitarian. So I've been wondering, what does that really mean in practical life? So the God part seemed pretty recognizable to me. The Jesus part, the Son, also seemed pretty recognizable to me. But it was when I got to the Holy Spirit that I thought, that one always causes people to wonder, what do you mean by the Holy Spirit? And what, who is the Holy Spirit? And what does the Holy Spirit do? And there are just such a vast number of questions. And so I decided that I was going to talk to you today about seven things that I think the Scripture tells us the Spirit does. And I want to encourage you by saying, don't stop seeking the Holy Spirit in your life. Like, don't stop by saying, I know that God is the Father. I know that God created this creation. They all did. They were all part of it. They were all there together. But what is the work of God? And what is the work of Jesus? And we've just come through this marvelous time of 40 days of preparation to be ready for the week of weeks or Holy Week and to walk through Maundy Thursday. And I talked about, in my last time together with you, I talked about the fact of table. And I was so struck this year that at the table that Jesus himself created, go and find a room for us to have the Passover meal. And then they have the room and they're all there. And then Jesus does this first time ever, the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine and talking about the days to come for him. And the first communion table was set and has traveled for generations, for hundreds of years, for millennials, saying this is something we are to do also, as Jesus told, tells us to do it. 
And I suddenly had this thought. Do you know who was around that table? Judas. Judas sat at the table with the, Jesus himself and the disciples and took of the meal that Jesus was providing and had his feet washed. And I played that song. If you did not hear the last podcast, please listen to it. It's a song sung by Selah, and it's called At the Table. And, and he says that at the table, you can do whatever. You can speak your mind. At the table, you're forgiven. At the table, everyone is important. At the table, there'll be no judgment. And at the table, mercy has a seat of its own. So powerful to me. And then the thought that Jesus sat at that table with Jesus Christ. I was overwhelmed. I'm still overwhelmed. You can feel it coming out of me, can't you? But that pause made me pause to think, when do I stop seeking for more of Christ, the Father, and the Spirit to be evident in my life? And one of the things Jesus said, I'm going away. Where are you going? They all wanted to know where he's going. When's he coming back? But, but something better is coming. Something better than Jesus? That strikes you as propaganda, doesn't it? But in fact, there was something better because Jesus could be with just you or just someone. And the Holy Spirit can be with all of us all the time, all everywhere. And so this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, shows himself to those of us who believe. And I think the things that I found the scripture will affirm that we should keep asking the Holy Spirit for more of his presence, not to be satisfied with the knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in me, but does the Holy Spirit produce fruit in me? Does the Holy Spirit teach me? Does the Holy Spirit have spiritual gifts that are given to me and called for me to know what they are and to use them. So I have these seven things that I want to share with you today. And the first one is just what I said. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, produces in our life because of the Spirit. And in Galatians 5, a very familiar uh, passage to those of you who are Bible people or have gone to church and heard the fruit of the Spirit, singular fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit lives in us, and it's contrasted by the fruit of the Spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not just one of those, but all of those. And he calls them fruit, not just fruits. He calls them fruit. I don't think I've ever used that word before. Fruits, plural, please? No, he gives them to us. And we, it is our delight to take those and say, they are within me because the Spirit is within me. And how do I manifest them? How is this spirit of love and joy, peace? What about patience? That There's one we all sort of stop. What about kindness, generosity, faith? faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I find myself at my age still pausing and saying, this is a moment I need to exercise, not my self-control, but the self-control of the Holy Spirit who lives within me can evidence in me. 
So that's one of seven. The second one is that the Spirit teaches me. The Spirit teaches me. So where is the Spirit? Did we just say that the Spirit is everywhere? That everywhere you are, if you are a person of faith, the Spirit is within you. He goes with you. He travels with you. He is always present with you, and He is always teaching you. I had the most wonderful personal experience just today, just this day. Uh, A young woman who has been a part of um, some teaching groups that I've been in for the last 15 or 20 years— She's uh, late 40s, very bright and very in love with her Savior. But she, she was reading some Bible verses and acknowledging what I'm just talking about, that the Spirit can teach us. And she had this, aha. Did you ever have one of those? Aha. <gasps> is that what that means? <gasps> oh, is that what's happening to me? And she called me to tell me about it. In John... Chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. This is Jesus talking, but he's talking about the work of the Spirit. Jesus has many things he wanted to say to us, but he was leaving, and the Spirit was coming, and the Spirit teaches you. He has many things to say to you. He wants you to know all that you can know. Open yourself. Continue to seek because there is more. The third thing is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, distributes spiritual gifts. Okay? Spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts? Where can you read about spiritual gifts? Well, you can read about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But let me say to you that we Christians who walk the face of the earth right now have some difference of opinion about which of these gifts are now, which of these gifts were, which of these gifts can be, and I don't want to dwell on that. I I only want to say, whatever your preferred way of understanding this list, this list, excuse me, of spiritual gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you'll see the list there. Whatever your church affiliations or whatever you have chosen to believe are on this list, whatever that is, I want you to consider saying to the Spirit, will you manifest these gifts in me? May I, Could I be a major tool of your work in this body that I have to manifest a spiritual gift. Now, I'm going to spend a minute here because I believe in this so strongly. And I have one of my dearest friends in the world has always avoided taking profiles. Now, I love profiles. You could ask my husband when we were first married, there was a little quiz every Sunday in the newspaper, a marital quiz. And it had five silly questions, and they had five sillier answers, but I was compelled to it. And the one that was always talked about since I did those was the question I asked my husband, this is a marriage moment, and I'm going to ask you an important question, like, am I a good cook, a medium cook, 
or a great cook. Those are his options. Foolish man that he was, not married long enough to know that you would never say medium or good. You would always say great. But no, he said good. And I said, you mean I'm not great? Well, quizzes do things like that to you. But there are so many wonderful profiles available to help you in your seeking. And I can't encourage you enough. The first one I would encourage you to take is something called a spiritual gifts inventory. And again, whatever church affiliation you have, you can find, you can talk to your pastor or your priest or your leader and find out what could I take to find out what gifts God has given me to use for his glory. Now, there's not a leader in your church who doesn't have an answer to that, I promise you. And then do it. Don't be tied to it because the Spirit will use you. I am not a person innately full of mercy. I do not have the gifts of mercy. You would not make me the visitation pastor at the hospital because, uh, you know, I want to know what's wrong, what's next, what have they told you to do, when are you doing it, when are you coming home. I, I, got, I want all the data and information I'm willing to pray, but this idea of sitting on the bed and holding your hand and being soft and kind with you, it, it's not my first calling. It's not my first response. And I will never forget, as long as I live, I was in a situation just like that. And I watched, like I was having an out-of-body experience. My arm, my right arm, suddenly began to rise up. And as it rose up, it rose up in front of me. And then I touched the face of this young woman who was telling me what I was thinking about that time on some sob story. And I put my hand on her face and patted her. I'll never forget it because I know the work of the Spirit, not me. That's not natural to me. But you know, the Spirit will use us anywhere we are willing to be used, even if they're not your first gifts. My first gifts are teaching. My first gifts are platform gifts. My first gifts are prophecy. My first gifts are wisdom. Not not these other gifts, but God uses me in the other gifts, and he will use you, and it will help you greatly to cause yourself to understand what that gift is, how to use it, to learn more about it, and then to get engaged somewhere where the gift of mercy can be seen and used. I hope I didn't say too much or not enough of that, but I have on good evidence the Word tells me that the Spirit speaks to me, speaks to you. And when you've made a profession of faith saying you loved Christ, you understand the Trinity, you know who God the Father and the Holy Spirit, Jesus are, then you have been given gifts from God. You don't get to pick them. They're from God. And He wants you to use them in His kingdom work. Okay? The Spirit speaks to you. And this is a tricky question. I ask this sometimes when I'm teaching in a small group. Does the Spirit speak to you? People are a little shy. They, they say, they want to say yes, but they know what's coming. If they say yes, I'm going to say, how do you know it's the Spirit? How does the Spirit speak to you? And I don't know how many thousands of people are listening to this podcast, but I know that every one of us have a different experience with the Holy Spirit. 
He speaks to me differently than he speaks to you. Some of the way the Spirit speaks to me, I've never told anyone, not anyone, not my husband, not anyone, because I feel it's a language that Jesus speaks to me, the Spirit speaks to me. He he confirms things. He exchanges things. He teaches me things. He tells me when to and when not to. He often is found telling me to be still because I'm about ready to speak. John chapter 16, verse 13, he says, And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now, this is the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit, and Jesus is describing it to the uh, disciples. The Bible is spoken to us in future tense, past tense. The Spirit speaks to us. Peter had a vision. What about Stephen, who was being stoned to death, and he's looking up, and the Spirit is calling him to heaven. The Spirit speaks to you and speaks to me, and there are many references in the Scripture that would agree with that. Spirit causes us to praise and sing. The Spirit causes us to praise and sing. If you've been in church for a very long time or a very short time, there's been a piece of music or a pastor who speaks or something happens within your soul and suddenly you, you sing out loud, tears roll down your face, you raise your hands perhaps, or you put your hands out in front, or you're caused to kneel, to bend yourself in a prostrate position. That's the Spirit causing us to praise, to sing, and to give thanks. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit causes us to praise and sing and give thanks. The Spirit leads us. The Spirit leads us. How does the Spirit lead you? I believe the Spirit leads each of us differently. We come to know His voice. We come to recognize His voice. People have asked me for decades, how do you know it's His voice? Is it audible? Does He have an accent? Is it a woman's voice? Is it a man's voice? Probably no question on earth. I haven't been asked about it. But how do I know? Well, First of all, I know the Spirit's conversation with me, with me because it does never have any darkness in it. It only has light. And He is calling me to not only understand that, but to live that out in my life. In Romans 8, chapter 8, verses 13 and 14, He says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption 
when we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit leads us, and it's not leading us to deeds of darkness. And I've had people tell me, I, I know this affair I'm having with another man, that God is given it to me. And it is very easy for me to say, no, he has not. You have taken it, but he has not given it to you because that is a deed of darkness, a deed of death in the, in the place of a marriage relationship. The Spirit leads us, the Word confirms it, and we have no need to do anything but to follow along. And lastly, the Spirit has fellowship with, with me. He communes with me. He bears witness to the things I'm doing or the things I'm not doing. And in that relationship, I see the difference in who I am and who God wants me to be. Remember, there's a huge difference between spiritual maturity and spirituality. Let's say that again. Spiritual maturity. You could have a great deal of spiritual maturity. Knowing the word, you could have been to seminary, you could be a great teacher, and, and you would not be doing anything in darkness or irregular, and be considered spiritually mature. You could have said, I made a commitment of faith when I was a girl, and now I'm 40. I've lived in this life for 30 years, spiritual maturity. But that is different than spirituality. Spirituality is just that. Like individuality is just you being yourself. Well, the Spirit is being himself within each of us. And we gain a spirituality that is the work of the Holy Spirit inside of me, inside of you. He leads, he fills, he anoints, and he does that all for the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and himself the Holy Spirit. I could go on and on talking about this subject. I feel such a passion for it. I feel such a change in my own life as I've gotten, every decade I've gotten older. I see the work that the Spirit can do in us when we open our arms to believe that the Spirit is working in us, that the that we should not stop seeking after that spiritual fellowship with the Holy Spirit as we mature in faith. Well, that was a pretty heavy subject, wasn't it? I hope you found it as delightful as I found speaking these words of information and affirmation to each of you. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Go to our website, subscribe, look forward to using all the resources. I was recently told that we have a content-heavy website, and I said amen. <laughs> I hope there's something that will be useful to you. I know there's something in every area of life available to you on our website. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of depending on the spirit in your life.